Human family, thank you for tuning in. I'm Keenan White, and I'll be sharing stories, dialogues, and methodologies for leading a conscious, abundant life. To me, luminous is a word that connects us to our vital life force energy and soul essence. Your bioluminosity is a barometer for health, a gauge for abundance, true prosperity, and a luminous way of life. In this podcast, I hope you find a more effortless way of tuning into the wisdom of your body, soul, and spirit. We'll explore the many faces of medicine, creativity, and self-mastery as it evolves and spans into esoteric and ancient wisdom and modern paradigm shifts in consciousness. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of Luminous Possibilities. I'm Keenan White, your host, and I've got uh, Dr. Fred Grover here. He's a board-certified family physician. His practice emphasizes preventative, functional, integrative regenerative and personalized medicine. He has an additional board certifications in integrative medicine and anti-aging and regenerative medicine. I met Fred a few years back and it's just been such an honor and pleasure to be around him. He's he has such a diversification of experience in his practice. You know, whether he's been birthing thousands helping birth thousands of babies or going into some of these revolutionary health programs. He's introduced me to a lot of beautiful, amazing ways to approach health and optimize the human experience. I'm very grateful to know you, Fred. Nice nice to have you here. Yeah, likewise, Keenan. Great to be here. And the last time we connected, I was uh, showing you how to do a crystal medicine wheel in my basement. So uh, yeah, I remember that <laughs> clearly. And uh, <laughs> so amazing you were able to do some of that work. Yeah, I, t- I took those crystal medicine wheels, or at least the idea of how to create them out west. And I, I was traveling from Colorado to, to San Diego during that time. And I, I just stopped into a lot of different Native American land or Chaco Canyon was one I went to Zion, you know, some of them are national parks, but it was really fun to f- feel the calling of the land and then bring in some of the selenite, make this little medicine wheel, do a little prayer on, on the earth and activate some of the energy there. I I wonder how you want to start this conversation on. I feel like we've got so many amazing topics we could dive into. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're probably going to end up doing like, oh, you know, a few part series here, maybe a three part. Today, we were considering focusing a lot of our attention on the, the awakening process through sacred sexuality. And we were going to talk quite a bit about plant medicine as well. And so where do you want to start? What what feels alive for you right now? We could even dive into some of the crystal work, you know, just given the segue there. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I definitely still want to talk about sacred sexuality. Um, but I, I would say one of the amazing benefits of, of doing uh, medicine wheels and placing crystals around the world for me and for other people that do grid work is it does connect you more intimately with Mother Gaia uh, by honoring her and connecting to her deep levels of energy and then allowing this process of connecting other energies on the planet as you place crystals in different parts of the world. So if you're placing crystals in Native American sites honoring, for example, the ancient Priabolans, um, you can also you know, interconnect from Mesa Verde to Chaco to uh, Mayan sites uh, with the intention of flowing some of that ancient wisdom and knowledge and 
hopefully awakening some of that knowledge for higher consciousness and um, personal development uh, in yourself and healing of the planet Earth. And I think it's a good segue into talking about sacred sexuality because, you know, in the same ways we're honoring Mother Earth, we're honoring our, our partners and a deep, intimate love that um, can help us grow um, by sharing um, that heart-connected uh, space together. And uh, by doing that, I think it helps us um, understand ourselves better, and then become uh, deeper, more awakened individuals as well. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I think the way that we really receive the mother ener- the mother earth energy in Gaia and relate to that, you know, as this living spirit being full of life force, and, you know, it's a similar relationship we're most likely going to establish with our mates and our partners, and it's going to be a, a similar energy of you know, what energy are we holding towards the planet? What what energy are we holding towards one another? One of the things I've been kind of contemplating on lately is this idea of a, a real sacred container for a relationship and feeling into the sort of new age ways of exploring relationship and opening that up to many different people. And yeah, it's it's been an, an interesting one because I've had explorations on on each side of it, and one of the things I've been thinking about is how important it is to to recognize how like where I guess where my life force is going. And mm-hmm. so what I've been thinking about is, you know, if my and it's if for a man, it's it's kind of like feeling into and understanding where your seed is going. And for a woman, it's more about where, how are you receiving that seed? And it's not necessarily semen. It's actually just life force energy pouring into a particular area. And so it could just be a focus uh, in a, you know, with a particular woman, or it could be a focus on many different women. It could be, um, you know, you might be focusing on, on some other element of beauty, whether that is nature or it could even be a car know, something that represents that feminine beauty. And the way that we place that focus and energy and attention seems to me really important, um, at least on a, on a male perspective. And I, I'm feeling into how it, you know, ultimately within that sacred container of a partnership, you, you know, each person is getting to somewhat seal the container to be able to experience more of each other's life force and, you know, all of that running in together. Mm-hmm. And so that that's kind of how I'm seeing sacred sexuality is that the more that we are able to feel our partner, feel the person we're with and, and actually run some of the energy through our system, through our toric field, the more we, we get replenished by the relationship. And the more that that leaks out or the more that we place emphasis or energy in another area, the less that's available for that partnership. It doesn't mean that there's nothing, anything wrong with that. It's just more how, where are we all getting filled up? Mm-hmm. And maybe to what extent do we want to experience, uh, you know, the benefits of this, of this particular relationship? So what, I don't know yeah. what comes up for you around that, but. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And, and I think it's a uh, emerging of the divine masculine and the divine feminine uh, energies with our partners. And of course, um, Men have uh, both energies, masculine and feminine. It's the same with women. Um, 
you know, at, on a particular day, at a particular time, we may be more masculine. At another time, we may be more feminine. And I think it's a matter of meeting our partner in that space that uh, is able to complement our partner. And then spiral, as you're mentioning, you know, whether it's a toroidal field of energy or sometimes I visualize it as a, um, like a double helix, almost like a DNA spiral uh, when I'm with my partner and visualizing that merging of energies in a spiral morphing into toroidal, um, creating a field of resonant energy that then amplifies um, our energy fields uh, in a complementary way, uh, giving us that opportunity for uh, further enlightenment, for further uh, chakra activation, um, third eye opening, et cetera. And then I think the ultimate for me is um, going into that space of, you know, I am love and going into that space of, of oneness with my partner. And when I drop into that space, even if it's for seconds, minutes, or hours, that is to me the, the ultimate space that one can achieve. And, and yes, it can be done um, on an individual basis, but I think it's more um, powerful, meaningful, and expansive when we're doing it with a partner. And I've definitely felt myself exploding with love to the edges of the universe um, <laughs> when I've been with my partner. Um, have I done that on my own? Yeah, to a certain extent, but it, it just feels more um, accelerated and powerful uh, in a relationship than it does as one. And, and I think it is a manifestation of that divine masculine feminine energy just taking uh, new leaps and bounds beyond what we can do as an individual. Yeah, totally. I, I, I think what I'm, what we're both pointing to is this uh, concept of union, mm -hmm. you know, and, and having a union. And there is a difference, I think, between having a union versus having a relationship. And Absolutely. yeah. So it's, it's, it's a beautiful exploration to have. And is there anything that through your experiences you feel like offering in terms of one stepping onto that path or, or, you know, experiencing more of that. Um, you know, one thing that I was kind of feeling also about what you're saying, each man, each woman has masculine, feminine energies. And then there's another component, which I've been interested in playing with some of David Davis work kind of points to this. And I appreciate it because it, it feels important that, each of us, whether we're men or women, have a core essential energy. And it could be, it's a core masculine energy. It could be a, a core feminine energy. Um, I mean, I, I definitely feel my life demonstrates much more of a core masculine energy just because I, I prize freedom over, you know, so much. And usually what the core feminine you know, is craving is, is this, is this love. I mean, in, in some ways they're both the same or words can be tricky because they tend to dichotomize things, but yeah. um, I, I love what you said about the idea that it is that, that calling in or that intention that I am love, that I am freedom that changes really everything instead of, you know, if you have a core masculine essence going outside of the relationship or into life, looking for freedom, or mm -hmm. as a core feminine, you may do the same thing, but you're looking for love somewhere other than 
that which is you. Mm-hmm. And so the, the union process, I think, like what you're pointing to too about, you know, you can do that on your own. But I think when we can experience the the divine and the, the source energies through another, there's some much deeper level of fulfillment and maybe like cl- closing of the circuitry, um, opening of it, but also kind of closing the loop. There's a there's mm-hmm. a different sense of completion that I've experienced with that level of union. Yeah, totally agree. And I, I think, you know, in, in terms of preparing for this level of, um, you know, sacred sexuality or, or tantra, however we want to call it, I think most of us need to do our own inward work, our own mindful-based practices, um, you know, discover who we are on a deeper level, um, connect to Mother Earth, um, spiral her energies in, connect to Father Sky by creating that flow of energy from uh, Earth and Sky and flowing that through our bodies and becoming more awakened, then we're more prepared to hold that space for our partner. And, and likewise, you know, they should do the same thing or hopefully we can lead them to um, achieve that enlightenment and grounding, you know, as well as um, awakening uh, to participate in the, in the next level of uh, sharing prakti, prana, whatever we want to call it, right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's, you know, it's almost like looking at uh, subatomic energy and how, you know, we have electrons and positrons, neutrons, everything's interacting in a, um, uh, a way that uh, complements uh, the field of energy. And by um, appreciating that element of um, quantum mechanics, we're able to appreciate the human energy body. Um, you were talking about, again, the toroidal field of energy. Uh, the, you know, Earth has a toroidal field of energy going up through the, the poles and, and out around um, the planet. So that same field of energy is within us. That same field of energy is on, you know, most of the other planets around the world and, uh, or I'm sorry, around the universe uh, and beyond. So as above, so below. And I think if we can connect to quantum levels of energy, if we can connect to sacred geometry, if we can connect to sound, which also has a lot of mathematical um elements that uh, can balance us then we're we're for, you know further going to take ourselves along that spiritual path without a doubt i love that yeah well I, I feel like we could zoom in a little bit into all that and 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 uh gather a little bit more from from your expertise around uh that yeah i i love that you simplify it too because it, it it really it is simple and i suppose you know at least to me it feels like when we're close to something that's really true and resonant or wisdom, then then there's always a quality of simplicity. And I like how you're bringing in the idea of simply opening up to all of these energies, because if we're in a relationship with somebody else and we're, we're wanting to explore this union with them, then, you know, what is our level of union with the rest of our life? Are we, are we, you know, in some ways able to pull in this, energy of another plant i mean because you can even feel go over to a tree or go over to another animal even a dog or cat and begin to feel into uh what's there what's present what's running through them this this life force energy that's kind of permeating everything and it seems like that our willingness maybe or or intention to open up to that is going to go a really long way in the in the sacred relationship 
or a relationship in which we're exploring through a sacred container. And I suppose that word gets thrown around a lot, but I feel like sacred to me is just, you know, it's an intentional space. Yeah. This Labor Day weekend, I was out hiking with my father, actually. It was really beautiful. And um, being in the woods, I, I was just recognizing how over the years I've really uh, appreciated almost the, the chi energy of a, a pine tree, um, you know, <laughs> uh, or an aspen tree, whatever it may be, even the rocks, they almost seem to, to glow, even though I'm not on any kind of uh, psychedelic medicine. And I, I think over time we can rewire ourselves to appreciate the higher levels of, um, chi that are, you know, being emanated from plants and animals and, and rocks around us. And, um, it's being attuned to that and flowing with it, having some heart connectedness to it, some third eye connected to it, and then um, allowing nature to heal us and um, put us in that, that deeper uh, mindful-based state. Uh, it was fascinating to me because it was a crowded weekend up in Breckenridge area, how so many people were disconnected on the trail. I, I would wave at them. They wouldn't even recognize that I was on the trail. They were you know, looking down at their phones or they had their um, earbuds in or they're racing by on their mountain bikes. And um, I'd say maybe a third of them actually were, you know, recognizing people and appreciating, you know, the, the human element on the trail and waving and saying, you know, I hope you're having a great hike thing. And that used to be more of a, a regular thing I'd see. Now it's kind of a, a rare occurrence that people are actually interacting. And, and it has me um, seriously concerned about the um, current consciousness of the planet. And I don't know if that's um, a disconnect due to everything that's going on in our country, if it's a disconnect related to technology, disconnecting our brains from nature. Even when people are out in nature, they're still disconnected um, or what it is. But um, it, it has kind of alerted me to my work and your work in terms of helping other people reconnect to nature, reconnect to themselves and then create a, a deeper, loving, intimate relationship with their partners so they truly are alive and, and not just a, a drone floating around in a mindless space on planet Earth, which so many people are lost souls, in my opinion, right? Yeah, yeah. It's sad to witness. It's really know? quite sad, yeah. And it, and I, I love that, you know, when you first were interested in, to bring this topic you know, awakening through sacred sexuality, I was, I was lit up because I, it's a passionate area for me because it really does feel like if we can bring in an element of, you know, relating to one another more consciously in just a simple partnership, then it, then it really does also change the way we're relating to everything else as well. It's, it goes vice versa, right? I mean, we can go into nature and we can have a particular relationship that we have there inviting the energies of, you know, the chi and the prana from, all these living organisms and and the, you know, the elements into our body and then bring that into the relationship and it goes vice versa as well. And it feels really just, I mean, almost like a priority that we need to bring in a, a greater sense of that ability to just be present with one another and feel each other and recognize the astounding beauty that exists in this moment at, at any moment we're in. Yeah. I mean, as the Mayans say, and like Keshalakin, right. Um, you know, appreciating the beauty in you, the namaste elements and everything. Um, I think we've lost that. And I, I think it's, you know, because we've lost our 
deeper uh, brain structure activation from being with nature, from being more um, in close relationship with, with human beings and, you know, not being around a, a fire drumming, looking at the stars. Instead, we're watching our TV set at night. So our brains are being rewired and we need to counter that rewiring to technology to rewild us to connect with nature ourselves and others in a more humanly way rather than being bots floating around so um i think the work you're doing and i'm doing uh, as mentioned is hopefully uh cutting new trails back into the wilderness cutting new trails back into deeper reconnections and flows that will balance us and, and address all this dysfunction that's creating depression, anxiety, you know, all the PTSD related to violence, um, all the disconnects, uh, you know, from being able to collaborate and, and come to, um, you know, some kind of meaningful resolution, you know, whether we're talking politics and addressing climate change or gun control, uh, we can't come together on anything these days because of this ongoing disconnect so i think sacred sexuality and nature are are two ways to uh bring it all back together but being able to bring that message to the masses is is the challenge and and how do you get that word out is what i'm concerned about um i do feel the um psychedelic renaissance which is occurring here in colorado uh, with the natural medicines act coming up here in november hopefully we'll we'll pass that as we bring that online, there will be definitely um, an activation of more individuals to appreciate this realm of um, healing uh, and, and awakening as it catalyzes that. But um, we have to get there first and then, you know, continue to work on other states and hopefully make it more of a, a nationwide legalization of uh, things such as uh, psilocybin, at least, and some of the other plant medicines like san pedro and ayahuasca would be uh, amazing as well yeah and those truly do have such an a, a amazing power to rewire some of these patterns that are really creating that disconnect and yeah it seems like you know if there's any maybe issue you're you're highlighting within the realm of health that you've seen and in your practice of medicine is, is this idea of this disconnect and maybe we can break that down a little bit more too i mean how do you see what is what is going on in the system in the brain <clears throat> in the physiology when when there's a disconnect and and what maybe what's happening when there is a, con a connection well i'll tell Neither you a lot lens. of the disconnect is um due to the prescribing of ssris and snris it disconnects the mind and the body um they're, they're unable to feel um love as well they're unable to feel um passion sadness uh, the emotional disconnect that occurs so there's this element of blunting that's occurred through the over prescribing of psychotropics particularly the ssris but you know also the mood stabilizers and and i do feel they can be helpful you know in, in certain cases but I, I think because we're in the state of quote unquote prozac nation that um we're seeing more episodes of mass shootings gun violence suicides etc because people don't give a shit about being depressed they don't give a shit about being anxious. They don't give a shit about putting a gun to their head or, or taking an AR-15 to a, a group of students because of that total mind-body disconnect, particularly with higher doses of SSRIs. 
We even found in studies and even on a black box warning in Europe that they've said, you know, these medications not only increase the risk of suicidality, but increase the risk of homicidality. Now they've taken that off the black box here in the U.S., probably because Big Pharma has been able to push their agenda with legislators and money, but uh, it truly exists. So first would be <laughs> take people off these meds that don't need to be on them. Uh, and then the second, yeah, would definitely be, you know, as a provider, as, as a physician or as a therapist or, or um, any kind of natural healer, we need to help people facilitate reconnecting their mind to their body, feeling into what's going on. So if they, they have fear and they're holding it in their third chakra, can we do some breath work to help clear that? Can we do some energy work on their third chakra to help? that can we do some sound healing with a tibetan bowl maybe it's a combination of all these modalities um do they need to be um referred to a facilitator that can do um psilocybin or mdma to go a little bit deeper and take that default mode network offline so that they can you know take the filters of the frontal lobe uh out of their um, prefrontal cortex and and then um clear that element of uh, fear or past trauma in a deeper way so that then then able to be more heart connected to their friends and their, their lovers etc so um, yeah multiple modalities we have to to look at to get people back online more or less it really is a, a rewiring process of um, heart connectedness of letting go of past traumas and then reconnecting to ourselves, reconnecting to nature, and, and reconnecting to the stars, right? So, yeah, yeah, I was really feeling into that idea of grounding through the stars. You know, we sometimes think about this that idea of going out for a couple hours and totally filling up with the shamanic resonance of the earth, and how the, how much just simply doing that can impact our health and in such a positive way. Oh, yeah. And there's been a few times I was watching stars and feeling the same thing and just even laying on your back and looking up at the stars. I feel like there's a way we can plug in in a similar mm -hmm. fashion that feels so grounding, so replenishing that we just often do not necessarily get at least in a, maybe a strong enough dose of, of that time of, of really being with the stars in the sky. Uh, but yeah, thank you for sharing that because I feel like everything you said there is really, I mean, what, what occurs to me it, you know, right now is that we have so many options. And part of this issue is the, the, you know, a part on, you know, lack of education, some of these pieces, not really, you know, key information being left out, you know, I mean, there's, that's a big problem, but, you know, I think as more, the more that we can bring more awareness back to what's, what's really evidenced, then we can, we can really see a way through this. Yeah. And I think the importance is having a large toolkit, right? And um, not a tiny little box, but an actual craftsman <laughs> toolkit that's got multiple drawers is like how I like to visualize it. And um, without being willing to explore the various options in plant medicine and connecting to nature um, and doing meditation and doing movement, whether it's yoga, tai chi, qigong, whatever, we're, we're neglecting... Um, greater field of energy that we can bring in and, and balance ourselves with. And, you know, example would be there's this huge trend talking about 
microdosing and how it's just like the end all be all right with third wave or whatever the name of that website is. And, and I think they're doing good work, right? But there's a lot more to life than just microdosing mushrooms. You have to be able to synergize that with meditation and, and all these other things. And maybe actually you need to do a, a macrodose where you're dropping yourself into a psychedelic space and, and not just doing a, a light stimulation daily to improve creativity and focus. So I think there's a lot more to it than the simplified cookbook ways that are being presented on social media. And everybody has their own individual pathway. I, I don't think you can just square somebody into a, a box and say, this is the way and the only way. And, um, and I, I think that holds true, you know, in terms of ceremony holding and, and everything else, sometimes it can be overly structured and I think it needs to be um, destructured to a certain degree to allow that flexibility and creativity for people to, to find that flow to awaken themselves and the, their highest potential. I love that. Yeah. No, no one size fits all and no real magic pill. And it goes back to say, you know, how important it is to have somebody that, that can really view your situation in your life in a holistic way to be able to support you, guide you, facilitate whatever processes need to happen. And I see also the connection to sacred sexuality as well, you know, in the same sense, you know, every, every, any technique is only going to be one part in the, in the, the toolbox there as well, you know, in this relationship partnership union, what is true for one person is going to be very different for another person, their gateway into a, a quality of consciousness that, is more unified a more unified field of awareness is going to be pretty different, you know, depending on who they are, what their experiences are, what their biochemistry is and their, their neurophysiology is. Um, so is there anything right now you feel, would you like to go back into to more of that relationship side of things? Or do you want to speak a little bit more to some of this rewiring process with, some of the the medicines out now and available to us um yeah what's what's alive for you now yeah i would say let's let's shift into talking about psychedelic uh medicine and the benefits of that i think that would be good because what psychedelic medicines can do is is more or less stir up your snow globe um and allow us to rewire in a way that can be um very therapeutic, beneficial, and enlightening. Um, we can do that, of course, without psychedelics, um, but I, I think there is an opportunity to go deeper and further through the use of these plant medicines and even some of the, the man-made uh, medicines that are out there. Um, I just wanted to make a, a real quick disclaimer that um, Keenan and I can't endorse the use of uh, these meds due to the legal restrictions that uh, are, are present in the state, federal, and individual countries. So please maintain um, awareness around the legalities of various plant entheogens. And if they are applied in a solo mindful-based practice with your partner or in a group, that you've created a, a safe setting of consent and boundaries with other participants, and that you have an integration process planned within a day or two of, of doing this kind of work. Um, uh, in regard to intimate relationships, definitely want to, uh, again, make sure that you have mutual consent and agree on, on where you're going with the process, set limits, 
um, and, and have an ability to say, hey, this is uncomfortable, uh, to share that with your partner uh, during the journey. Um, <laughs> thanks for that little <laughs> segue there. Yeah, um, that yeah. being said, um, I, I would like to discuss uh, psilocybin because it is decriminalized here in Colorado and uh, something that we can um, discuss uh, without um, much concern. Some of the other plant medicines can be a little bit on the riskier side to discuss. Um, but I would say um, psilocybin is one of the oldest and um, most significant uh, plant medicines that we uh, have you know readily available uh, pretty much any country any state except for maybe you know some of these police states that uh, like malaysia or singapore uh, where you can access it um, it's been around for thousands of years it's been found on every continent except for antarctica um, and probably will be found there as the glaciers are quickly melting in some fossilized form uh, and maybe even in a petroglyph or something but i, I think Psilocybin, um, for me and for many of my friends, um, ha has been one of those amazing molecules that can improve the intimacy in a relationship by um, kind of a multifactorial um, pathway. And, and one of the amazing things is the improved sensitivity to touch. Um, I think that when you're with a partner and they're doing body work on you, you can feel energy being moved um, more readily. You can feel your chakras being balanced while on psilocybin. Um, and then you can also have this deeper level of heart opening and third eye opening that can allow you to travel into that deeper space with your lover that um, can really take you to, to new realms. Um, the beauty of it is that you know, has a you know, four to six hour duration and fairly well tolerated. And I know all of us get a little bit of um, side effects in the first couple of hours, sometimes some temperature changes, a little nausea, a little edginess um, as we're dropping in. But typically in the second half of the journey is, is when we can be intimate with our partner and be in flow in a way that is comfortable and, and very enhanced compared to um, a normal uh, conscious state. And, and I think part of the level of improved intimacy is that default mode network is fairly offline. If we're doing a, a reasonable dose of two to three grams and we're, we're not thinking about, oh, you know, maybe I should be doing this or maybe I should be doing that. And does she like this or that? Um, we can just kind of flow into it in a more natural way. We can oftentimes see um, stuck energy in our partner. We can spin that energy in a Reiki-like way. We can um, hold light energy flowing through our palms into their heart. We can hold our forehead to their forehead and um, flow third eye energy. Um, and then, you know, working the, the level of Kundalini energy is um, much enhanced too. So we can work the root chakra all the way up to the crown chakra through tantric massage, through sound healing, placing you know a Tibetan bowl on somebody's root chakra and just moving it all the way up their spine to, to help open and flow that as well. So I think there's just this um, catalyzing of energy 
amplification of energy and then a ability to allow that flow of masculine and feminine energies to be um, more readily released than when we're you know, slightly uh, inhibited due to our conscious mind um, thinking about this or that or whatever the F we've got to do the next day or oh, I forgot to pay that bill, that kind of thing. So you're just more in flow. Uh, what are your thoughts, Keenan? You kind yeah, of experience well, I, that I too. Was... I love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like the the time that I've had with psilocybin has really been a, a great opportunity to help me rewire my, you know, just more on the physiological level of letting go, releasing and being present with my experience. Mm-hmm. And like you said, not necessarily feeling like I need to be somewhere or think about something that's really pulling me out of the the present experience. And there's a certain quality of uh, surrender that I think is there as well. You know, the more that I think we can surrender to the experience we're having and, and release control, you know, I think this is really part of the gift with psilocybin is that it's almost kind of like nudging us a little bit to to let go a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do feel like the on one side we can we can go down and you know this pathway of feeling a little more nauseous or a little bit more edgy and anxious if we're not surrendering and if there's you know if, if there's any resistance to just what's what's happening and the more we can we can surrender the more that i've surrendered in my experience and let go there's such a powerful deep relaxation um in, you know into my life that I, that i find and i i've heard from few other people there's a woman i'm i'm working with right now who's guiding people onto the other side um as a death doula and you know some of the 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 crossing over you know from this life into whatever's on the other side is you know the psilocybin is a fantastic tool for helping people encounter death from a new lens and i think in some ways that's that's what is being offered through through this particular substance is this moment where we can have a relationship with death in a new way. And that relationship with death is truly synonymous with life. You know, the relationship with death is our relationship with life. And how do we die to to each moment? You know, how we are dying to each moment is how we're, we're living and conjuring up the next, (laughs) if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So, so yeah, I feel like there's a, there's a really beautiful level of, um, dying to our experience, you know, letting go of the things that don't really matter, letting those things really die off, and then bringing in a, a totally new life and energy to the areas that we may not be, you know, grounded in or feel like we're getting enough of, mm-hmm. which I think are namely just simply connection, you know, connecting to one another, maybe that's touch, maybe that's some conversation, maybe that's just being with one another and allowing what's present to arise. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think your point on, you know, vulnerability, um, you know, whether we're doing plant medicine or not, is is such a, a key element to our evolution, our ability to connect with others. And, and I think by taking that filter off with um, psychedelic plant medicines, uh, we're able to be more vulnerable. And if we are more vulnerable, yeah, I think we're less likely to have those um, flows of anxiety. We're able to 
let it flow from wherever we're holding it um, through breath or through sharing, you know, what, what's coming up for that individual, that partner, et cetera. Um, I've definitely had um, kind of psilocybin journeys where I, I've just had crazy emotional things coming up for me out of the blue. I was like, where did this come from? And, <laughs> you know, I, I can say, wow, it was, it was probably trapped in there. And, you know, through this amazing molecule, it, it helped me release it. And, you know, sometimes it can be a little embarrassing if, if you're, you know, in a group and you're, you're letting go and, and kind of crying. But, but I think it's also, um, you know, showing uh, our vulnerability and our strength to be able to share that uh, with others. And, and I think that is, you know, is healing is, is showing, you know, pure masculine strength. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that's a, a big benefit there. Um, but yeah, I think that for me, the ultimate is flowing in that, that beautiful space of connecting energy without being disrupted by um, conscious thought, weaving those energies deeply with a partner from the, the root chakra. And then I visualize even uh, spiraling you know, up into... Uh, the universe and, you know, oftentimes connecting to Pleiades or whatever constellation comes into my field of energy and then um, exploding into this state of nothingness, right? Uh, to like a nirvana and, and just being there almost floating in outer space with my partner in just pure love. And that is going into that space of, of like an NDE and near death experience um, that you're talking about. And I think when we experience an NDE ex, um, type of um, journey, whether it's with DMT or psilocybin or, or other molecules, it, it makes us more comfortable with death because we realize how beautiful it is and, and how silly it is that we're worrying about this or that, or how silly it is that we're even um, freaking out about the diagnosis of cancer that, you know, we've got a, a greater place to travel to and that, um, you know, we're only here for a, a nanosecond on this planet and we learn what we can and we transition and uh, come back uh, as a more highly evolved individual, or, or maybe we stay up there in the, the oneness of the universe. Um, who knows? Right. But, but I think when we have that connection to that, infinite space of oneness, then we have more comfort knowing where we're going uh, when we finish this life on planet Earth. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it seems that that perspective that we get, you know, whether we're more comfortable with our, our later in life death experience or not, we're, we most likely this substance is going to allow us to feel you know, and maybe substance is not even the right word because it's it's sort of you know it's a living being to me. I mean, you, it, to to me, I feel like I get an experience with the intelligence of this other organism. Um, but I, I feel like at the very least, it, it's offering a new perspective on on the the life that you are living, and mm -hmm. the life that that you know, that I've been living in terms of that and then make having that insight or that realization has, has oftentimes shifted drastically. And what usually, the, you know, constitutes the shift is a change in bringing, bringing much more of the essential into my life. 
-hmm. and then dropping of dropping away these things that are really non-essential. And it, it does occur to me that, you know, this, well, particularly with psilocybin, my experience is that it's, it's, it can be very of the body. And so it Mm -hmm. really brings you into, there's a spiritual uh, component to it. And I, I think there's a, a piece of it, it allowing us to access some of these higher realms. Um, but I also see it as, you know, very much a, an experience of returning to what's what's happening energetically in, in the body and emotionally. And so if that exa- anxiety comes up, you know, usually there's a real reason that's there. And same with depression. And I think this is the shift that, that we also need is this change in mindset of how we we view these things, because in, in some of the, the pharmaceutical contexts we have this thing that if you if something's going wrong and and you're off and you're anxious or you're depressed let's get let's get rid of that you know where where this is this is the moment where i think we you know medicine becomes something else it becomes a poison because you know the the poison is that we're 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 taking a, a solution or a medicine or or a um you know it's it is a solution that's that's taking us away from from actually solving the problem and and to me that's what poison is and and the real medicine in, in this case of of having depression is really realizing the gift of it you know I, leaning in and all right this depression is there for a reason i mean anything that's going on in our life is there for a reason and if we can feel into that you know maybe there's something going on in my life, if I'm depressed, that needs to change. And, and maybe it is, it is that, that is the, that is the issue. And if, yeah. without the, the feedback of depression, I wouldn't know that, you know? So yeah. I, I mean, there's the gratitude, right? There's the appreciation that we could have for these things that we mm-hmm. oftentimes try to push away or get rid of. Absolutely. And I, I think that, as I mentioned earlier, the, the psychotropics, SSRIs and SNRIs, blunt that feeling and you're not able to process it go deep and feel into it and uh, release it and so much of what we're doing with plant medicine is helping to clear those energies that don't honor us Uh, sometimes again maybe we need to add in breath work to do it or energy work to help clear it but by going deep and finding out where it's stuck in our energy body we're able to hopefully clear that anxiety clear that depression and then ultimately rewire our brains so that we're not going down that ruminating path of, oh, I feel depressed and this and that. We we break that shit up and we're like, no, I'm not going to think that way anymore. So it can actually kind of assist the whole process of cognitive behavioral therapy where we're trying to think um, more positively about things and rewiring to uh, a mindset of seeing the light and not the darkness and um, letting go of things. So I think that's the way to treat depression. I do think that there are some physiologic benefits of psilocybin, even ketamine, for example, that help with brain-derived neurotropic factor, which helps with neural regeneration, which then helps with neurotransmitter production as well. So it's not only rewiring, it's rebuilding and mm. regenerating the brain, which is fascinating. Wow, yeah. Um, and then I think it's also, you know, expanding uh, our cortex in certain areas to where we're able to recognize certain patterns, whether it's um, the sacred geometry of nature or the sacred geometry of a um, you know, particular form, whether it's a platonic solid or looking at the flower of life or a torus, et cetera. Those pattern recognitions are so enhanced by the use of, of psychedelic medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I wanted to share too that oftentimes when you're combining psychedelic medicine with uh, intimacy, um, you can find that the geometry, um, the patterns of light that are often produced in a psychedelic state are, are enhanced when you're in flow with your partner. And when you go to that um, state of um, orgasm, uh, I found that it's like fireworks are going off. So I, I may see all sorts of amazing colors and geometry that just fire off right in the um, finality there. And then there is a state um, following it where it's enhanced for at least another 10 or 15 minutes. So it actually works in terms of enhancing the effects of psilocybin and, and other plant medicines. Um, you know, a similar way that music or, for example, Icaros from uh, a shamanic circle of, of ayahuasca can, can bring the colors and light into the journey as well. So I think if you combine beautiful music, combined with intimacy, combined with psilocybin, it, it's truly an off-planet experience that um, I think takes the, the level of Tantra and sacred sexuality um, to such a higher level. Yeah, I love I love that you're bringing that up. It, yeah, and it does, and it does feel like you know our, our sexual our sexuality our sexual practices. They have they offer such a an accelerated path to our wholeness and to realizing this this state of of oneness of wholeness of healing, and it's it's interesting how there's there's another disconnect there too. You know, I mean the way we sometimes. I think in society, I mean, I guess I don't want to speak too generally or make generalizations here, but I'm feeling into some of the ways in which I've, I've been educated about sex, even just growing up. And, you know, I think we, there's a tendency, I mean, even the, the pornography industry and all different ways people are maybe thinking about sex is about the sexual experience only. And yeah, I mean, that that's, that's amazing. That is, an incredible moment to share with somebody. And, you know, the, <clears throat> I guess the piece that I'm wanting to put my finger on here is about receptivity and receiving and, and that we're, when we're entering a space with a partner and we're, we're in a, a, a pattern of control or holding on to or um, blocking or resisting our experience, then in in a in a sacred sexual space there there's an intention to relax and bring yourself into this uh this space like you're saying of of release of letting go of oneness of love of freedom and the resistances that come up are are all these patterns and traumas and even past life things that are there that could be present within our body and our system and it's held in a memory and a, and a belief and a pattern, something there. And and when we're engaging sexually, there's, there's this very simple thing around receiving. If we're not receiving, then what is there? Right. And I think this has really been the power of the, the sexual experiences that I've had and some of those being paired with psychedelics as well is that you, it's almost kind of like placing your, your ego on the side a little bit and allowing some of these patterns to, to show up. And in the sexual act, you're, you're wanting to move into a, a, a depth, 
And so anything that that's blocking from that is very clear. <laughs> it just kind of yeah. pops right up to the surface. And there's a, this incredible alchemical process that can happen in that space that, that can be very difficult to, to touch into if you're just sitting down with somebody and you're talking about your life. Yeah. You know, here you're you're kind of confronting your your total the total depth of your being and your willingness to let go of everything. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think you've really put your finger on it. And instead of you know making love being something you're you're doing, it's something that you're flowing with. Um, it's something that you're being vulnerable with, um, that you're willing to receive, and that the partner is willing to receive equally but you're not in this like oh i need to do this or i need to do that and and you know we need to orgasm this many times things of that sort you just want to be in a pure uninterrupted flow without any preconceived notions of, of where you're going so that you're able to amplify those um resonant energies and, and flow um your chakras and that beautiful uh, double helix form uh, into that state of oneness. And, and I think so many people just don't know how to get there. Um, they can't relax into it. Um, they're, they're afraid to work with psychedelic medicines to help them flow into that space. Um, or they've had um, traumas, unfortunately, that are, are blocking them from uh, being able to go there. And that's where they need to, to do that deeper inward work um, you know, either individually or, or with a, a therapist to, to clear that so that they're able to flow in a um, more uninhibited way, in a more natural way, uh, in that tantric space of, you know, I am love, right? And um, rather than I'm doing this or I'm doing that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um, more based on, yeah, measurement or whatever else performance. Yeah. I think our objective uh, logic thinking minds put us into this, you know, flow chart or spreadsheet, you know, and, and um, we need to just be more in that free flow element of, of love and, and just enjoy the whole process. <laughs> yeah, um, I would love, um, if we do this again, we can talk about some of the other plant medicines, you know, San Pedro, Aya, you name it and, and kind yeah. of dive a little bit deeper. I think there's a lot to be said on each one of these um, beautiful plant medicines and some of the molecules that are out there in terms of how deep they can take us and you know, which ones uh, may work better for certain states of um, intimacy. And, right. Um, for example, being in nature with San Pedro um, with partners is amazing. Um, you know, it's a, a longer 12 to 14 hour experience. So it's a completely different um, opportunity compared to a shorter journey like uh, psilocybin. Um, mm -hmm. And then I could even talk about some of the breakthroughs I've had in the practice doing uh, couples therapy with ketamine uh, in the office and um, how that has really helped couples connect on a much deeper level um they can't get intimate in my office but they can you know <laughs> hold hands and they can um let go of things and do breath work and and then that allows them to go home and, and have that deeper relationship too so 
I think there's Amazing. opportunities in the, the medical model to facilitate an, you know, the initiation of, of awakening that they can then work on more at home and, uh, and develop uh, you know, through plant medicines as well. So, so many different uh, tools, as we mentioned. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think I'm feeling we, we probably want to do a few more and get to spend a little bit more of a, a longer time with each one. And and maybe people can get a, a sense of, you know, feeling into each of these and how they might be appropriate for them. Um, maybe, you know, since maybe we're feeling a, a little bit of a, a closure here soon, I wonder if you might let us know about your your books and your projects and where you're you're pouring some of your energy into lately. I'm going to drop some links in the description around some of your work, and you're going to offer a, a a chapter. I think it's chapter five out of your new book that kind of goes into yeah. some experiences around sacred mm -hmm. sexuality. So that's it's very generous of you. And yeah, what oh um, yeah, we want to share about so, that. So um, one of the books I um actually just put out a second edition on it was originally published in 2019 called awakening gaia the lemurian crystal grid discusses placing crystals around the planet to activate ley lines and honor sacred uh ancient uh sites and whatnot and the chapter i'm uh sending out to everybody that's going to be on keenan's site is on uh, peru and an experience i had in lake titicaca uh doing uh, the plant medicine ayahuasca and a sacred sexuality um, uh, experience that uh, occurred in that area. So I think you'll really enjoy that chapter. Um, the other um, book I wrote is called Spiritual Genomics. It's basically about how to change your genome through mindfulness uh, activities, whether it's connecting to nature, doing plant medicine, going surfing, um, doing uh, yoga, uh, you name it, I, I've got it in there, sound therapy, sacred geometry, I've got chapters, just like, you know, a toolkit of, of different things that may resonate with an individual to help them become more awakened. So that's the spiritual genomics book. And you can read about all these on spiritualgenomics.com, but definitely read the chapter five. And then my game plan is within the next year to birth a new book that's going to be called Psychedelic Sacred Sexuality with some kind of a subtitle. Um, I may or may not put my name in there because of <laughs> concerns being a physician uh, yeah. and how I might be, um, you know, attacked by people that are in the more conservative realms. But uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted on on that development. I've, I've got a lot going on in terms of outlining that book and hope to have it done by the end of 23. So uh, that's the plan there. And then I think if anybody wants to, to email us, um, uh, that'd be great. I'll, I'll give you my personal email, which is fine. It's fgroverj at gmail. And um, I think Keenan's going to maybe put a um, another email uh, for you guys to email questions. That way we can do some follow-up discussion in our next podcast. So we certainly welcome any discussion, comments. Please send us uh, some feedback here. We'd love to hear what's going through your minds and hearts and bodies and spirits and uh, what we can support you in and the further episodes. So thank you so much, Fred. It's been such a pleasure, honor to have you. And of course, if anybody wants the real deal, going to visit you in person is always amazing. Your <laughs> office space is incredible. You got crystal bowls and some of the machines in there. They're just amazing. You know, a massage table, it's got speakers underneath of it and you got the full gamut. So, um, yeah, it's it's quite the experience. Always recommended. Yeah, thanks, Keenan. And 
yeah, I, I think the work you do definitely needs to be, you know, experienced by the listeners. And, um, you know, I definitely encourage people to um, find practitioners that can do uh, this kind of amazing work, you know, whether it's sound healing, whether it's energy work, whether it's facilitating plant medicine, et cetera. I think um, the more we can dive into those realms, the better off we are. And uh, definitely get out and rewild yourself, get out in nature as much as you can, get out in the water, um, make love and go, go deeper into those higher realms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dr. All right. That was amazing. Keenan and uh, looking forward to the next one. We'll, we'll get it going pretty soon. All right, Fred. Thank you. All right.